Betov to everybody, it's uh, Sunday morning, uh, March 12th, uh, 2023. And uh, Baruch Hashem, the weather here is difficult because today it's summer, tomorrow it's going to be colder and rainy and uh, you understand the implications. The security situation, you all know what's going on. The uh, political situation defies imagination. And Baruch Hashem, I hope to study, to teach, to grow in Torah this morning. Um, this response, uh, or response, I should say, uh, has attracted attention and is very fascinating, as you will see today. Exactly where it took place, I have no definitive answer. I did my research based upon the fact that the Chivas says Harbor Island. Uh, I came up with something, uh, we spoke about it last week, and uh, it's on the other side of Florida, not on the east coast, but on the other part, and it's part of a big city. We spoke about uh, Avram Kaban, who asked the question, but we have no definitive answer. Jack uh, contacted uh, a rabbi from a shul that has a similar name, and the rabbi uh, says it's not his shul, and he had no uh, recollection of who this Kaban is, Avraham Kaban. Uh, we'll come back to it later today, because you'll see what happens at the end of the shiva, it's quite clear that it's a shul that was organized in an area where there are not too re many religious people, and there was a lot of outreach and dealing with Balei Tshuva in the shul. So we still don't have a definitive answer. I hope uh, perhaps someone, Chavre Chavre Itlay, they'll come up with the answer. But the question is uh, very simple. It's Mishnah Halacha Tchelek Tetzayim Siman Nunbet, where uh, the mikvah is part of the shul. And as we see from the Chuvat, it's uh, nothing new. Already at the time of the uh, early Achronim, you see a similar situation that the uh, mikvah is built right adjacent to the shul. I've seen it many times. I've, I've seen it in South Africa. I've seen it across the United States. This is the property that the people have, and they build the shul and they build the mikvah. But in this particular case, the entrance is one, uh, men coming into Dabba Minchamarev and women going to mikvah. And again, the whole question of Tzniyot comes to the fore. Now, in this tshuva, Rabbi Menashe Klein cites many of the sources that we already dealt with, and uh, Sniyat is involved, not to make a mahuma, Ayan Har is involved, uh, but more than that, uh, here were men, women, mikvah, the ultimate purpose of mikvah, and uh, there are many reasons why we can't accept this. We spoke about the story with the Ramah, which is a classic story. I cited to you from the Mishnah Halachat. Uh, Rabbi Grinstein, who's now in the States, sent me a source where it's a slightly different ending. But one thing we see, that uh, if the 
husband of the uh, mikvah lady, the mikvah lady comes home and he, she tells her husband, this lady was at the mikvah, that lady was at the mikvah, gives him a whole list, and the next morning he repeats it to the shamash and the shul, and the shamash goes over to the husband's masaltaf, 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 and of course, the muscle tough is based upon the thought that Tarat um, Meshbachar is so arranged that for most normative women, when I use the word normative, I simply mean when you do mathematical graphs scientifically, most normative women with their periods uh, are ready to conceive at that moment. 12 days, 13 days, you're all aware of it. Anyone who's been in the rabbinate, these are the worst, most difficult questions you can get where women's periods are not normative and they can conceive at the end of five days, seven days. And what do you do with heart mishpacha? These are, are real problems that I've dealt with in great depth. Uh, it happens to be a problem that uh, we have solved in modern times. And, of course, uh, I've written about it, and that's AIH, Artificial Insemination Husband. So we have really solved that problem. A hundred years ago, Gedoli Gedoli Israel had to deal with it and sweat and suffer, and there were no easy solutions. Uh, but uh, when, they, when, when the Shamish says, Masel Tov, what he means is, all right, uh, your wife went to mikvah, halavai, it should be a, a zivik that will result in a, a child, a future for the Jewish people. Okay. And uh, is that sneet or not? I mean, imagine, uh, you're keeping a list of women who go to mikvah. It's, uh, I would say, the antithesis of sneet. And uh, this man, you remember the story, this individual man uh, asked the Shabbos, how come you don't say Masotov to me anymore? And the, the, he looks at him and I never got your wife's name. Uh, she hasn't gone to make with these last months. I took for granted she's pregnant. And it turned out uh, she was evading mikvah and lying to her husband. And these are my symbol, it's not anything new when you read the book. I said it last week on Orthodox. You see the memoir comes up. I know couples that broke up over mikvah. It's not, a, not an easy solution. I don't want to go into more details. I've been involved in some of these problems. Uh, are heart-rending, of course, when uh, husband and wife uh, have different points of view and you clash and there's no compromise and not a good spirit, you have bad ingredients for the marriage to continue. But okay, that's a classic story from, from the Ramah, and uh, did the Ramah change his practice? And we have two different versions. One version is, he saw that it's important, give a muscle tough, let them know that you know there's a check and balance system. The other version, it's a total lack of modesty, and even though you may have michshalim, uh, but modesty is more important. And, and that remained uh, an open question. Now, on page, um, uh, let me get the exact page. Yeah, on page Kuf Zion, 
at the bottom of the first column, the Mishnah Halachat uh, cites Nachron from uh, the Chatam Seifer, Chug, uh, from the Ungarishah, the Mari Asad, and here he tells, and you can see the sources here, you can check it out, probably it's on the computer, but uh, here it's a fascinating story, and uh, this lady runs a business. She runs it all alone. Vic, we don't know what her husband does. Uh, if, uh, if he's from B'nai Brak, we can assume he's learning. Uh, if he's not from B'nai Brak, maybe he runs his own business. But she runs this business all alone. For her to go to Mikvah, she has to shut the store down. And she says, everyone will know that she shut the store to go to mikvah. And it troubles her. It bothers her. It's a lack of tzniyot. And what a question. I mean, here, where's the husband? Why doesn't he take over? Doesn't he have partners? What a great lady. She never gets sick. This is an Eshetayah who supports her husband in dignity. And she wants to go to mikvah Friday night. Why Friday night? For the obvious reason. Everyone shuts their stores Friday night. So there's no uh, parhesia, there's no muhuma. It is bitsniyat nifla'ah. And now you just think for a minute. Maybe she has to go to mikvah Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday. And she's delaying it to Friday night. There are two sides to this coin. One, the, we want you to become pregnant. Uh, we want more Jews. You delay it beyond the ovulation, beyond the moment that the husband can fertilize. Can, there can be conception. <laughs> We're defeating the purpose of true revolt. That's number one. The other side of the coin, which I don't have to elaborate on, is uh, there's a reason why men and women have relations. God created uh, men with hormones, and uh, very, very important. Omna, uh, uh, it works both ways. We're the only religion in the world that has a mitzvah, a commandment, a chiyuv, that a man has to meet his wife's sexual needs. That's the definition of ona, ayin vav nun hey. Look into the Ramban in Pashat Mishpatim, Sheikhsus Tavinal, Lo and you'll understand that this is axiomatic. A happy marriage is based upon that mutual understanding, or it's certainly a good foundation for a happy marriage. I, <laughs> I once, uh, I, I'm revealing all the secrets, but I remember I once had a shock. This goes back maybe to 71. There was a volume in the Michlala Library on marriage put out by Sonsino. I remember, I still remember it with a white cover, a collection of essays. And one of the essays made this point that women should understand that times they're tired, but it's very important that they meet their husband's needs. And, it, and I thought that was very important. I've told that to couples, etc. Uh, many times, very basic. And one of the faculty members shows it to me, says, who put this book in the library? This is vulgar. 
And I looked at him, but I, I walked away, uh, elu vielu, let me not uh, get involved in, in machwekis. That goes back, but it remains in my mind so many years later. I can tell you exactly where it happened in Bayat in the old Michvala building, I think it was Rehov Torah V'Avoda, if I remember, or something similar. And it was in the library in the basement, the original Michvala building. It was a building built to be a, uh, a house filled with apartments, and Michala bought it, and uh, the, in the basement was the library, and that's where it took place. And I still remember the volume. Uh, I wonder if it's still available today. It's a volume on marriage put out by Sonsino. Uh, it had to be in the 60s, I would imagine. But uh, lo- look at this Shiloh. Look what's involved. The man, the woman, the... The Zereshel Kayama Biazrat Hashem. And yet she only wants to go to Mikvah Friday night. And you should know that the Ungarashid Abbanim blessed her and strengthened her. They were very impressed that she was so able, so sneistuck. And 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 Reb Menashe Klein writes, "Vahagon shibcha vahoda lishma," and and the Gon writes that the Reb Menashe writes that the Gon praised her and thanked the woman, and this was mamish l'shem shemayim. Now, I, there's a side problem involved, which uh, the the response literature deals with. Uh, there are opinions, and you can see it in the Shulchan Aruch and the Nosei Kalim, that if going to mikvah is delayed, you don't go Friday night. So uh, that shiny would come up here. She could have gone Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And she delayed it. But you see, the concept of delay and getting involved in mikvah and whether you can go to mikvah on Shabbos, it's when you delay it, I would say, purposely without any good reason. But when it's delayed with a reason like this, the achronim would be mater her going to mikvah Shabbos. And that's, and that's what he quotes. So you see from the question of Tznius that ad kedei kach, that... Uh, the woman delays are going to mikvah, and and it it is approved by Gedolei Yisrael. It would indicate that Sniut knocks out, suspends, compromises all other considerations. Okay, now it's fascinating. Atkanda halacha, beginning. On the bottom of page, Kufchet, to the end of the tshuva, you get involved in the politics in the congregation. And here's where I get the feeling you're dealing with a whole new situation of Bali tshuva. I'll come back to the Upper West Side. Um, I just read a, uh, an article just appeared in a publication of uh, Barilan University <coughs> and uh, there's a tremendous article by uh, Rabbi Dr. Viad HaKohen 
1935, the Rav and the Rabnil in Tel Aviv. And it's, it's not that there was nothing I didn't know in the article, but I was very impressed with the research, the footnotes, and uh, I can say when I spoke about the Rav in 35 many years ago in the Kolel, and I've lectured on it and written about it, there's nothing that I have to correct. But when you, you look at the article and you, you see what went on and who the candidates were and how they're selected and uh, the difference when you're dealing with Unza mentioned, Hamish mentioned, or what we say in Hasidut, Enash, and say Shlomeinu. And when you deal with Balei Tshuva, or you're coming from a Western world, a, a different milieu, a different environment, it's quite a different ballpark. And uh, you, you come here, you come here to uh, this question, so the person contacting Menashe Klein, Avraham Kaban, who I wish we knew who he was. Rabbi Nasha Klein didn't know either. If you recall in the first paragraph, he writes, I don't know whether you're a Balabas or a Rav, and he calls him both titles. Nagid, meaning if he's a wealthy Balabas, or Malatu Kvado Harav, if he's a Rav. We don't know who he was. But he tells the following story. Tells this to Rabbi Nasha Klein, that someone went over to the rab of the shul and said to him, what you're doing is not sanua. How do you take a mikvah and let the men and women mix? The men are coming into daven, the women are going to mikvah. We never heard of such a thing. We never saw it in Europe. And suddenly you're introducing something new. Now you see from that, the person asking is uh, a, a European person. And this starts the whole question, can we innovate? Can't we innovate? How do we take into consideration all these different factors? And I'll come back to the question of 1935, what was very fascinating in the article, uh, Aviyat HaKohen uh, shows or attempts to show how the loss of the rabbinate in 35 influenced the Rub's subsequent relationship with Israel. And I have what to say in this topic, it's not for now. I, uh, had Aviyat HaKohen interviewed me, he cites all my public scholarship, but I would have told him things orally that would have given him even more material to understand the Rav post-35. But he quotes Riskin. It's a long, I say it's the most fascinating part of the article where he quotes uh, Rabbi Steve Riskin uh, when he's going now Leon, the Rav is trying to discourage him, and he gives a whole description of Riskin and what he did in America. And you see, there's no question Lincoln center synagogue or Linton Square it was called right? Linton said the performing the arts and performing area is called Linton Center 
Blinken's Quest Synagogue, it began with Balei Tshuva. Rishkin, uh, the original Mechitza, was uh, 50 inches. It was, uh, I, I remember Rabbi Bick, uh, when he heard I was in the Rabnit and I have a Mechitza Shul, and then he heard the Mechitza was, I think I began with a 55-inch Mechitza. Uh, he, he said, but, uh, 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 he said oh, but Rabbi Rothkopf is a frumer. How does he do that? Of course, I was in a rabbi and not in the East Bronx. I'm proud to say when I left the shul, it was already a 65-inch mechitza. But uh, you, you, there's no question you have to make compromises and you have to work within the halacha, but you have to work with the reality. And there are many viewpoints and shitat, and uh, you, you all know, those of you who have studied with me 10, 20, 30, 40 years, uh, my best shurim ever around the Kuntus Hashach had a paskin in Ramah, in, in following the Ramah, Reish Membet in Yeridea. It's not, not the, this is an art, it's an absolute art, knowing how to paskin. So there are kulat, and I, I enjoyed that footnote immensely. But here, it's like some would go to Riskin and say, how do you put in a mechitza so small, a mechitza, Rav Moshe Paskin, 60 inches, the the Satmuruf Paskin, 72 inches, Yehuda Tzvi Kohn, Tzvi Yehuda Kuk Paskin, Seventy-two inches, like the like like, like the satma, they totally agreed on that topic, and you put in. So you would answer, look, I'm dealing with different circumstances. I I know what I'm doing. I I consulted the sources. I consulted my rebbe. So someone goes over to the rabbi here, according to Kabin, and he says to him, "Who ever heard of a mikvah like this in men and women?" And the rabbi opens up his mouth and he says to this person, how are you comparing us to Europe? Here, that our generation is very weak in Yiddishkeit. Ruach HaKadoshah Al Picha Torah Sheya And the rabbi says, how do you compare? We're living with different circumstances. And he gets angry. And he says, don't tell me about Europe. I'm the rabbi here. I'm dealing with this reality. This is what I think will help. You're telling me Europe the Rabbanim of Europe couldn't succeed here. They wouldn't understand the generation. And certainly here, the Rab has to encourage every mitzvah in public and let everyone see how these sophisticated modern women go to mikvah so that when these men come home, they can tell their wives, A and B and C went to mikvah, I want you to go too, nothing to be ashamed of. If she can go as a PhD, an MD, uh, etc., a lawyer, a, a controller, uh, 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 works 
for the uh, what's the bank that just went Mahula? The uh, uh, Vic, you got the name, uh, boy oh boy, what uh, the, 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 how the world is shaking. And I heard the news last night. He said, Baruch Hashem, it doesn't affect Israel." I woke up this morning. I found out it affects all the high tech here. They have millions and who knows billions of dollars in this bank. Wow. Anyway, uh, if she can go to mikvah, certainly you can. And in this whole discussion where he says, this is not Europe, times have changed. We're getting involved in, in, in contemporary hashkafa. Where do we draw the line? Which way do we go? And I, I can tell you, uh, if I quoted Rabbi Riskin, uh, you all know on two issues I was very upset. One issue was the reform at the hotel. They want their own area, put up a sign, orthodox this way, reform that way, conservative. Ugh. But there was another issue. There's a very brilliant lady, a Talmidah Chachama, who's married to the nephew of the chief rabbi of the British Empire. And she became a rabbi in Efrat. And uh, they made a point of publicizing all over the world that she was the sole rabbi. And she has a column every week. I think it's, I see her in uh, Nashim magazine. I think I see her occasionally in Besheva. And she writes very well. But I took issue. A, a woman cannot be the rabbi of a shul. You can have a, a, a male rabbi and a woman spiritual leader, advisor, for, for the women or those who wish to consult her. Uh, I have no problem with that, but I do have a problem when she's the only one. So, I, I don't know if it continues on YouTube, but uh, Riskin's tremendous educational center, which does fabulous work, was putting up a video each week of Rabbi Riskin speaking on the Pasha. So I listened to him speaking on the Pasha of Shoftim and exactly what the rabbi answered, the person who bothered him about Europe and the men and women and mikveh and Marav mixing, it's exactly what Riskin said. And, and I, I remember he said it with force. He quoted the Gemara, come to me, Alita, Etc. And he said, who Paskin Shilas? People want to know, can women be rabbis? It's not the rabbis of yesteryear. We, here, now, we Paskin. And wow, this is exactly this paragraph. And which way do you go? Where do you draw the line? All right, I have my own opinion the issue on Rabbi Mer Mrs. Mervis, uh, spiritual leader Mervis, maybe she has a PhD, Dr. Mervis, uh, but not the title Rav, not the title Rav. And I, I, you know my viewpoint, there are halachic reasons why, but it's not for now. But fascinating that it all comes up in this paragraph. Rav Menashe Klein is quoting it. When, oh, he's, he's quoting what he's being asked. And, and, he, and he, now he answers, 
No, you, about the European... Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, he's quoting the conversation between the inquirer or the person bothering the rabbi with the mikveh in, in Harbor Island. That's not Rav Menashe Klein, he's quoting it. But Rav Menashe Klein is quoting it. Yeah, Rav it's right in the Chiva, the page I told you. And, and uh, here Rav Menashe Klein says, look, I don't want to get involved in discussing this topic because I don't like when there's machloket against the Rav or people are insulting the Rav. Machloket negatarav no. But he says, this I would have to hear exactly what the Rav said. But generally in principle, we don't budge from the Shulchan Aruch. And he quotes uh, the Chatam Seifa uh, that he was dealing with the Ramar and people criticized the Chatam Seifa that he wouldn't budge from the Ramar. And the Chatam Seifa said, quote, This is greatness. This is my glory that I don't budge from the Shulchan Aruch, and as an Ashkenazi, I don't budge from the Ramah. So you see, uh, Rabbi Menashe Klein, and you'll see in the next paragraph, he's going to come up with solutions, but he's not happy about men and women mingling. What went on in Europe can go on here. Sneered, most important but he doesn't want to come out publicly. Now, I just want to pause for a moment. What do we see from here? The shul has to be a shul of Balei Tshuva. The fact, you see, this question of mikvah, it comes up time and time again. It's a catch-22. Rabbi, how come you speak about Kashrut, you speak about Shabbos when you preach? but you never speak about Tarat Mishpacha. So the rabbi answers, Sneot. All right, Sneot. On the other hand, the youth has no concept of Tarat Mishpacha. A child growing up already at the age of two, I saw, maybe even younger, my grandsons, my great-grandchildren, they already learned the word muktzah. They know Shabbos. Before you know it, they know kashrat. Tarat mishpacha, does it ever enter the vocabulary? And that's what we spoke about last week, with, and two weeks ago, with the Svadim, a, a kid, a young kid, what's the party tonight? What's the party? Oh, your aunt is going to mikvah for the first time. All the women in the family are celebrating with her. You follow? And this is, I don't have, I'm not giving a black and white answer. I don't have a black and white answer. Where do you draw the line? And you saw what I said last week, that years ago when I taught women, I gave powerful lectures in Tarat Mishpacha, quoting uh, Gemara's that, not easy to quote to a, to an audience of females or a mixed audience for me. Nowadays, I wouldn't do it. 
Even though I've met women, I said to you, or grandmothers, they said, Rebbe, you should know we only went to mikvah all these decades because of that cheer I heard from you in Mahon Gold in 71 and 72, etc. But nowadays, Baruch Hashem, you have women who can do it. Why does a man have to talk about intit matters? Kateshet Nida. Let the women do it. You have. Uh, I'm very happy to have uh, Mrs. Mervis able to do it in dignity. Absolutely. But where do you draw the line? Here you're dealing with balei tshuva, and boy, is it correct. If you don't talk about mikvah and tarat mishpacha and lock it together with Shabbos, kashrut and tarat mishpacha, that's what kept us Jewish. That's what kept us from assimilating. That's all the mitzvot. You all know the, the, the Sifri and the Ramban, that all the mitzvot we do in Chutzlaretz are only to be able to go back to Israel as Jews. Remember that? Uh, the Rav said, I don't understand that Sifri. But I understand that Sifri. In Chutzlaretz, we, we must do the mitzvot to keep from intermarrying, assimilating. In Eretz Yisrael, the mitzvah take on their own kedushets. The mitzvah is shame mitzvahs. It's much deeper, much, much more sanctifying, ennobling, uplifting, etc. Ha! It's uh, that's why when you come in Aliyah, you kiss the ground. You're, you're coming into a whole new level of observance. But if we don't talk about mikvah, who will know about mikvah? You see, and where do you draw the line? The tzniyot. Okay. I mean, that, that paragraph and what the inquirer or, or the balabas raised with the rabbi, those are real issues. And uh, the fact that, I, that we sit here, I, I look at myself on screen, I look at Rabbi Dr. Mark Licht, who was bowled over in, in a kosher supermarket, uh, someone ran over. Oh, we know who you are. We hear about you on the Sheyurim from Yerushalayim. And Mark asked him, Did you, do you know the Rebbe? And the Rebbe said, the, the listener says, no, but I listen every week to the two Sheyurim. And Mark writes to me, and Rabbi Grinstein had the same experience. He gets off the plane in Newark. He goes to Elizabeth to Daven. And the rabbi asks, what's your name? Oh, I know who you are. You're a Talmud. I hear your name in the Shia. All right. But look what we look like. Did a Rav look like this a hundred years ago? Did a Rav throw around Shas and Paiskim and, and learning and knowledge and Yerat Shemayim and climbing the mountain before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mi Hashem? Where do we draw the line? Can we be different? Can't we be different? This is fascinating. Ah, Natan, fascinating what that individual told the rabbi that and and how the, and then the rabbi says please that rabbi would not succeed here he doesn't know that generation no take it back to the rabbi's divrei torah on uh, on on uh, yom kippur on the vidui uh, that if I, 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 if I would be born before this time any could die and the rabbi says everyone is born in a certain era where you have that ability to succeed. What the rub is really saying was that if he was in Brisk, 
Maybe he wouldn't have that slacha Reb Chaim had. If you put Reb Chaim in Borstin, he wouldn't have that slacha the Rav had. All right, it's a fascinating paragraph. At the bottom of the page, Reb Menashe Klein goes on and says, look, there's no question that this is not right. And he quotes the Mashal. He says, look what the Mashal instituted against Rabbanim who was shouting and screaming, let the women go to mikveh at night after the men finished davening. And the other Rabbanim were all for a thousand years women started getting ready to go to mikveh and combing their hair and getting rid of the knots and the makeup and taking and, and washing everything they began an hour before nightfall and suddenly you're instituting that they should come at night yes after the shul is empty it's sneered we don't want the men to see the woman and know who's going to mikvah and he's and Rebbe Klein says there can be many reasons why we spoke about it could be the women are ashamed could be that the men will have evil thoughts, could be ayin uh, hara, could be whatever that means. People, there's jealousy in life, unfortunately. Ten Commandments, take a look at the end of them, you'll understand. There's a reality. Okay, and, and he says, you have to do something. And he, and he says... Why don't you arrange that the tefillah should be at night after the men have finished davening? Then, then, they can be tovel, tovlot, and no men will know. Aye. But then he says, remember, this building is a kolbo. It's uh, a shul. It's the meeting hall. It's, a, it, it's the mikvah. It, it may be a social hall. Remember, this is one building built, maybe a chabotnik is the rub. We, I don't know. We, we, we're only guessing, but it's Harbor Island and and Maybe the people stay and learn afterwards. There are many shuls in Israel. I understand in America too now. And I understand in Woodmere you have a Shegurim at night. You have a Rav in charge of the learning. It's, uh, it's a different world today. When I, when I was growing up, a shul closed immediately after Marav. There was nothing doing. But today you have shuls where they're Batei Medrash could be in this outreach uh, center you have lectures at night. If you have lectures at night, how do you solve the problem? The men are still there. So then he says what you have to do is divide the entry. Put a machitz near the entry, men on one side, women on another, and have signs up this way to the mikvah, so the women should not have to ask, like I've been asked on the Chov Hari, 
and he says, if you don't have this sniut, have a chasve shalom mitzvah haba ba'avzeira. Okay? And, okay. There's one more paragraph. This paragraph is an atom bomb. Because it shows you how Rabbi Nasha Klein in Borough Park doesn't understand what outreach is about in a little island someplace in Florida. Nowhere near Miami Beach. When you talk about Miami Beach, that's where the Satmurud would spend part of the year until today. One of the Satma, one goes to Miami Beach, one goes to California, Baruch Hashem. I, I don't know where they get that energy, but uh, I guess a Siddiq Rebbe has more energy than your humble servant. All right. Uh, now, look, look, look what he writes here. Shufi Tzati Yodumichtamai says, I looked into your letter again, and you write that in this synagogue, that you're talking about, yesh lo ma'ale gedola shebishabbat kodesh acharei hatfilah osim shom kiddish gadol ubaim lesham anashim v'nashim v'taf hamon gadol v'notnim l'chol echad v'yad rechava v'yesh anashim chashuvim shetovchim lezel l'sakot et arabim the Shamba Imbi Ebudia, he nay pursued the Beklau Progressivism, or a conservatism. The Yim Kain Yit Pare, She Kavanati Hamet, She Ain Lanashim Shal Slomenu, Likanes Lamokum Hazer Beklau. Wow. Has he misread the map? He heard that there's a big kiddush. Let's go back to the Hamptons. Shabbos morning. People, good Jews. I know some of them. I knew some of them. They're not alive. One Jew gave me the greatest compliment I've ever had in my life. I'm ashamed to tell you what. I would only mention his name. Talking about a chairman of the board of Yeshiva U. He said to me, I was there a few times, Skala and Resins. He said to me, Rabbi Rakefet, a little guy, a little guy, Bikipa. I knew the name. I knew he was a billionaire, but uh, I, can't, I, I don't even want to tell you what he said. Nathan, can I tell you, you won't be angry at me, you won't call me a Balgaiva. He said, every dollar I gave to Yeshiva University was worth it if it could produce someone like you. That's what he told me. And then he told me, go tell your student, um, give him the fifth, first $50,000 towards putting up an Arab. So I went and told my student, Rabbi Mark, and he laughed at me, he said, the money's not the problem. We have Jews who hate us here, are fighting us in City Hall. A Jew like this says to Mark, Mark, for one month all the Shabbatat Kiddushim are on me. All right, it's $50,000. Doesn't mean anything to him. Baruch Hashem. 
It's not paupers like we are. These, these are okay. Baruch Hashem. This, this he doesn't understand. Rabbi Constantine, I'm very proud of him in Tel Aviv. I spent the Shabbat there. You can't believe he took a shul that had a very famous rabbi who was a big Talmud Chacham with big Yechis who turned him to be a Menuvel Sheba Menuvalim. He wound up going to jail. Don't ask. If you lived in Israel, you'll know what I'm talking about. It must be 30 years ago already. 40, who knows. The shul fell apart afterwards. Barely a minion. Somehow, Sohar brought in Rabbi Ariel Constantine. You won't believe it. Either. 300 people, 400 people. But even Friday night, they have a tremendous kiddush. And it attracts. And Baruch Hashem, they're wealthy people. So it costs 2000 3000 $5,000. I'm happy to see it. I saw it. I saw it on fire, and I told you the story with Mike, with with, with Engelberg, with Moshe Engelberg, with, with the the man who was the Maggio's right hand, lawyer, controller, publicist. His whole will. He's in charge of the estate. And and uh, first time I met him, I told him off. You're a day school graduate. Your mother was at Sadekit. How did you become a nice yid? Chalul Shabbos. I meet him 20 years later. All he's talking about is the Chabad Shul he built in West Florida. West Hollywood, I should say. Further down. And built the Shul. And that area today is blooming. And, and once a month, the base Medrash, memory of his parents. You should see the sign. Once a month, the whole Friday night. Sudat Mitzvah. He pays for it. His wife, his daughters, they're overjoyed. Okay, see, at this point, I am convinced the shul is in a neighborhood of outreach. Like your beginning, like Rosh Yehudi, like all NCSY. All right, you have to deal. Rabbi Menashe Khan doesn't understand that. He thinks they're progressives. Boy, he knew that term uh, 24 years ago. This term, I think, is from... 199 no 203 so it's 20 years ago wow he knew the term progressives i didn't know it until a few days ago progressives retrogressives idol worshippers destroyers of the world okay but either progressives conservatives wow i wish i knew where the shoe was and I'd say, Jack Levenstein, go down there and research and come back and tell us how many people became from where the shul is 20 years later and, and where is Harbor Island. Is it in Tampa or are we making a mistake? Is it over on the other side? We don't know. Okay. I have to say that I consider this one of the most fascinating shiva I have ever seen. It has so much to it. Reality. Borough Park. Outreach. Florida. Fascinating. Halacha Lamaisa. No question that Bisman Hazar, a rabbi, has to talk about Tarak Mishpacha in public. 
But there has to be bitzniot. Where do you draw the line? It's a challenge. I depend upon a rav, seichel, mishamesh gedolei Yisrael. I remember the rav in one year side share spoke about tarat mishpacha. What an impact that made. Rabbi Lamb later, later wrote a book on Tarat Mishpacha, all as a result. He writes in the introduction, it was that Shuvadrasha, Sugab Bishoshanim, how the Rav dramatized it. All right? I don't know. Could be the Satmudov would say it's not Sanua. All I can say is it created a lot of observance of Tarat Mishpacha. But you have to have that chush when, where, and how. Okay. We're moving further and we're coming into uh, contemporary times, I would say. Chelet Tatsayim Siman Chaf Gimel I repeat, Mishnah Halachot Chelet Tatsayim Siman Chaf Gimel The Tshuva is from 1999 Before, remember I said 99 That's where I got it from And uh, he doesn't give us the name of the Rav What he does tell us That he was in Baltimore sitting with this great Rav, Yedid Nafshi Habibi Harav Hagon, Nodabi Sharim, but he doesn't give us the name. I, I, I imagine it's a delicate question because there was a Balabas sitting there who asked the question and they started discussing it and now Rav Menashe Klein is back in Brooklyn, he has time to think and he's going to answer the question. Now, what is the question? Oh boy. Can a woman be in charge of Kashrut? Rav HaMachshu. The OU uh, is all over the world. What about if there's a woman <coughs> who's uh, interested being in charge of a plant in Thailand and China. Let me make it clear, there's a very famous chiva of Reb Maisha. We will come to it afterwards. First, I want to deal with Menashe Klein. Now, look at it logically. Natan, you and your wife invited some of your friends from the Kolel to a Malava Malka. Tell me, who's giving the Heksha? Who takes care of the kitchen? You know what the Rav used to say, if we, if not for the women, there'd be no Kashrut. The men, Rav Pichas Chaim Scheinberg had to write a whole essay pleading with women not to overdo it in preparation for Pesach. It's well known. Alpidin, Yomo knows, I could sprinkle breadcrumbs on the floor and it's nothing. Pirur, nothing. They're automatically batelum of 
Could you imagine telling your wife, sprinkle breadcrumbs and we'll make the Seder on top of it? So what do you mean we, we absolutely trust women? There's another side to the coin too. Okay. You can trust women on what they learned in their home. This is the famous Likutei uh, Halacha of the Chafetz Chaim on Mesechet Saita on the Mishnah and Yutet, the whole Sugi there, Daf Chaf, Chaf Alev, Chaf Bet, on Kolam Alamedet Bitol, Torah Ke'ilo Limda Tiflat. And Chafetz uh, Chaim says, in generations gone by, a woman learned everything from her mother. She knew what to do. She didn't need any formal Torah education. But it's the famous Chafetz Chaim already that this man women are going to gymnasium, women are gaining a general education. We should teach them Torah. If we don't teach them Torah, they really will wind up with Tiflut. And out of that Chafetz Chaim comes later Bejakov. Out of Bejakov comes Central Yeshiva High Schools. Out of those Central Yeshiva High Schools comes Stern College for Women. Out of Stern College for Women, what's going on in Israel today? I would say there tens and tens and tens of Ulpanot, Michlalot, postgraduate, continuing education, endless courses for women. So if you're going to say, how could a woman be a Rav Hamachshir, if after all, where does she get the knowledge? Today that's no longer a question. Women have the knowledge. Women can paskin sheilat. Women know what to do. Women know what to ask. Women know what to look for. You all know that revolution? We're all part of it. And I have to tell you, it's affected the Haredi world as well. Even in the Haredi world today, there are women who are learning Gemara and what they say was still Haredeyot. What they mean they're still Haredeyot is that they dress a certain way, they go with a sheitel. It's interesting that the Haredi world has more sheitlach than the Chadali world. The Chadali world goes with tichels. The sheitel, there are many reasons why. It's not just niyot, but also in the Chadali world, uh, there's a different attitude towards money. It's, uh, it's a beautiful attitude. Uh, money is not the most important factor in life. In many other Torah worlds, I don't want to elaborate, I just got a, uh, an email from a student in Flatbush where he makes this point in his, in, in his way, but in many of the Haredi worlds, money is very important. I hope it's not more important than Yiddishkeit, but it certainly ranks a closed second. And if you want any proof, Yomo, just open up Mishpacha magazine. Lech, you see those advertisements for clothes for the children. 
You're not going to see advertisements like that in Yehuda Vishomran. Take my word for it. Uh, so, all right, the women today, they, they know what's going on. They know the ballpark. They're educated. They have values. They know Torah knowledge. Why can't they be a Rav HaMachzeh? Why can't they be in charge of Kashrut if they so desire? Now, and if you'll say to them, well, this is not for women. Well, women today, I have students who are women who are heart surgeons. My dermatologist, considered one of the top ones in Jerusalem, is my student. My neurologist is the sister of a student. Well, if women, they so desire. A woman wants to be a Talmidah Chachama. Why put her down? And this is what I told you about. Nechama Levish. Nechama told me this. I'm not, not revealing anything I didn't hear with, these, with my own ears. You know, people say I married my uncle because I had pity upon him. He was blind. He, was, he had trouble seeing that's at the end of his life. But she married her uncle. He was in love with her. She was in love with him. And she said to me, he was the only one who encouraged me. I wasn't interested in dresses and all these feminine attributes. I wanted knowledge, Torah knowledge. And he encouraged me. So you see, you can't say to them, well, leave this for the men. Could be 100, 200 years ago, you could say. But even then, we occasionally had great women. Remember my lectures uh, 30, 40 years ago on, on, on this very topic? The Mashal in the Tshuva speaks about his great-grandmother, Shetapsai Yeshiva, and used to give Sheurim behind the vilon, behind the mechitza, behind the curtain. No? What about Rashi's daughters? What about Rashi's daughters? And you can come right into modern times where Issa Zalman Meltzer's wife, she was from the Frank family, I think her name was Bella Hinda, correct me if I'm wrong, she edited his writings, the Evan Hazel. She's the one who copied it over, made, spruced up the Hebrew, prepared it for publication, copy edited afterwards, talking modern times. This is Rabaron Cutler's mother-in-law. All right, it's, uh, wow, Baron Cutler's wife, Pearl, she was a daughter of this lady. These were Nashim Gidolot. So here's a woman, and it evidently in Baltimore, a woman <coughs> wanted to be a mashkichar, and uh, they were discussing it. So Rabbi Nashikling begins with the whole question, does a woman have ne'emanot? And he says uh, to the rabbi, I'm sending you my answer. I'm not sending it to the person who asked us because evidently it was a delicate topic and this person was asking and insisting that a woman should be a mashkicha and Rabbi Nasser Klein will reach a negative conclusion, and he didn't want to cause bad feeling 
let the rabbi in Baltimore handle it as best he can. Now, what are some of the sugyas that come up with a woman? Do we believe her? Don't we believe her? We're going to more detail when we deal with Reb Moshe, but the whole question, Ad Khan Chum Shabbos. This is a very fascinating question, uh, which rarely comes up. I'll tell you where to come up in Israel. If you want to walk outside of Yerushalayim on Shabbos, let's say you want to walk to Mavaseret, can you or can't you? Yoma, do you know what the people do? Interesting question. How far does it go? Yerushalayim is all one tchum. Then you start measuring. How far do you measure? But there are houses in between. Not so simple. I remember in B'nai Akiva, we often discussed, could you walk across the George Washington Bridge on Shabbos? Natan, does anyone walk across? Is that question ever come up in modern times in Washington Heights? Can you or can't you? And remember, why the bridge? There are no houses. There's no continuity there. That's a real question. So, y- yes, Yomo? It is a security booth. I can't, I can't hear. It is a security booth, booth on the bridge. A security booth, is that enough? And, 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 but, but where is the security booth? At the start or at the middle? or? the middle and how far is it from tool the booth, etc. Interesting question. But, so the Gemara talks about <coughs> women and children and they are believed to say Ad, a woman is believed Ad Khan Tchum Shabbos Afilu Eved Afilu Isha Nemanim Loma Ad Khan Tchum Shabbat. So the Gemara and the Rishonim, you'll see the Sukya. Learn Pshat, yes, this is a Din de Rabbanon. That how far is a Tchum? A Tchum de Oraita could very well be, oh, you'd bake meal like the, you'd bake Shvatim in the Midbar. Anything less than that, the 2000 Amat, is a Din de Rabbanon. Once it's a din the rabbanan, you believe the woman. But it would appear from that gemara, the writer, you don't believe her. Uh, okay. So right away, the gemara, you have to ask. Wait a minute. Women are believed all the time. Shechita, Nikur, everything that goes on in your house, Basavachalav, women are believed. <coughs> Why? Because it's Biyadam. They're in charge. They can do it. This is not something beyond them. You believe them when they are in Involved. And then you have, we're going to see this, have another problem. Whole Sugim Psachim. Do you believe 
a woman bedikat chametz, and there's a whole Yerushalmi that maybe we don't believe a woman to do bedikat chametz. Tircha yetera, psachim Yerushalmi. Tircha yetera. Hey, wait a minute. Bizman hazeh. Who's lazier, the man or the woman? The men. A thousand times lazy. We just refer to it. Women before Pesach? You're going to say, what the women do, what the women clean? I remember a story at one point, the Rebetzin, uh, Rebetzin Soloveitchik, I don't know if it's anecdotal or true, and the story goes back, uh, I may, may have heard it, uh, 70 years ago. So she was in the hospital, and she came home, and she was all upset with the kitchen, and she says, between telling her husband, between you and my son, you can trafe up the kitchen. You follow? She was more makpida, women, tircha doesn't enter the picture. I know from my wife what I've seen over the decades. Wow. So you, you see, this is a very fluid problem. How do you judge it? Where do you give ne'emanut? How far can a woman be believed? What can she do? What can't she do? And let me open up the Eurydea. Open up the Eurydea. Here we are. Eurydea, Hilchat Shechita. Perik Aleph. Halacha Aleph. Hakol Shochtim Lachatchila. Afilu Nashim. Open halacha, open sugya in Chulin. Halacha Lamaisa. Women can shecht. Look into the Ramah. Yesh Omrim She'ein Lahaniach Nashim Lishchot. Shekvanahagu Shelo Lishchot. V'chein ha-minhag she'ein ha-nashim shochtot. And the Ramah says, but our minig is not to allow women to shecht. Look into the shach, right there, the first shach in Yeridea. And he says, Ha-Beit Yosef, he done this viewpoint, the Beit Yosef says, the Lora Inu Eina Raya. And that's a tremendous call in Halacha. The fact that we haven't seen is not a proof. If Me'ikah Hadin, women can shech, then the fact that you don't see them shech should not trouble us at all. Lora Inu Einaraya, Yomo, how do you know what goes on when Jews lived in Afghanistan? How do you know what went on when Jews lived in Turkey? 
does not enter the picture. And may Ika Hadin, women are allowed to shecht. Now, on this very topic, you can do a PhD thesis. We know as a fact that women slaughtered in the Renaissance period in Italy. We actually have Kabbalot that women receive, that they know how to slaughter, they, they know shrita, malicha, could even be that we permit women to do nikur, to, to treba. The one real problem here is the physical strength. And this is why Minig Yisrael is that women don't slaughter cattle. In order to slaughter cattle, you have to be strong. You have to be able to hold the animal down. Now they have holding pens. Uh, I remember when I was in communist Russia, so the Tzadik of Leningrad, Yitzchak Kogan, would, at night when the KGB was not active, he'd go in his car, an old jalopy, with two strong goyim that he paid, and they would slaughter a cow. And the goyim would hold the cow down while he did the shkita. So halakha lamaisa, there are physical limits here. I wish the Israeli army would understand this, that there's a difference between a man's physique and a woman's physique. And this is, you can't deny it. This is a reality. And with all the progressiveness, we can destroy everything if we don't have an army that Be'ezrat Hashem can defend us and defend us properly. So, this is slaughtering. This is, you'll, you'll go further, you'll see in the Mishnah he calls all the sources, that we have various minhagim. Women can certainly slaughter dakot latzmam, chickens, geese, no question she can do it. We tend not to let them slaughter lerabim. In other words, if it's a question of a town where you have to sell, we would rather have shechtim, not shochtot, but me'ika hadin, women are believed, women can be trusted. I say, Bizman Chazer, Allah can be trusted even more than men. Women are Torachot. Women give a lot of energy to Kashrit in the house, and therefore could very well be that Meika Hadin, women can be Mashkichot. But he raises another problem, and uh, Vic, can you, can you do me a favor, just pass over the water? Uh, my, my throat is very dry, and I'm still suffering the fallout of that cold. Excuse me. No, that's fine. When you get older, the colds don't leave you. It's not that when you're younger, I had a cold two, three days. Yeah, I'll have to make a face on Ashayyotsa when it's gone. Baruch Hatad and Melechalam Shakoni Abit Barog.
Thank you. Now, he raises a different problem. And here I have to say, he's very down to earth. And this is something that we see time and again. All the heksher in the world cannot be successful if the person is not trustworthy. Professor Tarragon told me about a friend of his who has a big food business and has top hashkachas. And he told uh, Morty that with all the hashkach in the world, if I wanted, I can cheat. No one can stand on top of you 26, uh, 24, 6. And this is true. You see the scandals that come up with, with from people. It's a terrible scandal, and I believe it was Johannesburg, uh, Kosher Delhi. We had in Chicago with Kosher Best, riches with, with the sodium casinate, the milchiks instead of the parav. I mean, it's the best tashkacher in the world. I just saw the OU, I downloaded the OU, uh, uh, what would you call it, magazine for Pesach, uh, with a list of what's kosher, it's beyond comprehension. Pages after pages, we grew up for Pesach, what you have, beets, eggs, meat, that was it. Today, wow, unbelievable. So... You talk about giving hashkacha. The mashkiach has to be on top of the balabas. Rav Menashe Klein on page Nun, the second column, raises the problem of yichud. How can a woman give hashkacha? Yichud? This, this could be a real problem. I thought about this, I'll tell you an interesting story. I'm, I'll read his word in a minute, because he has a very, a very live description here. But I, I was in, uh, 20 years ago, I was still in residence in South Africa. So part of the time I was in Johannesburg, and part of the time in Cape Town. So in Cape Town, a very intelligent woman was coming to all my shayurim, had covered, I, and she was arranging his abdals to get as much as she could out of me. She, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, I hope I'm a cow with some good milk, but you need people willing to milk the cow. And I was so impressed. Then I come into the big supermarket, they're showing me around, and they're showing me the bakery is entirely kosher, and you have one section mark, I think their word is milky, milky, and one section parav, that the goyim also know what parav means, no milk, anyone sensitive to milk can buy whatever they want in the parav section. And then they show me the whole meat area where there's the trafe and then there's the kosher. And who do I see supervising and taking care of everything? This lady. She's the mashkicha on this supermarket that caters to the many from Jews in Cape Town who are mocked on Kashrit. It's a big business. 
So I was wondering, what does she do when she goes into the freezer with the meat? And this, that, another man, yichud in a freezer. That's exactly he says. The problem that he raises, In order to give a good hashkacha, you got to be awake. You can't sleep. Kloma Anashim Vialze Ika Hachiov Shalamashkir the Hapkes Ulahada Ma Maasehu Bimakomatats Nuim Vacha Muchusim Venelamim Veze Kwa Ein Biataisha Shaharesham Yesh Ika Isa Yichud. Wow. What a powerful description. But how right he is. When does the owner pull a shtick? When no one's looking. Where he's in a closed room. Where no one's breathing down his back. How can a woman give hashgacha? if it will always be a question of jihad. And and the Hanasha Klein says the the intishmaats mashalolia khedimo odafka kohamasim she paslanucha sebumakomocha lotu khalika neshamanashkiach ulahatile jahit hasfishalom late man the We can't permit Yichud, so a woman can give hashkacha. And see, th- this, this can be a real problem, I would say, on a smaller hashkacha. I would imagine when you talk about a major hashkacha, a big firm, lots of people working there, I don't know whether Yichud would play a role, how it would come up. I mean, again, I'm not an expert. I would have to ask Norm, Rabbi Norman Schles, my Talmud, the Coca-Cola king, and I looked in the uh, OU list, and there is, among beverages, Coca-Cola, three Cokes, classic, zero, and uh, what I call the other one, uh, the, other, the old-fashioned Coke without sugar. What's it called? And Luke, what's it called? Light Coke? Diet, diet, diet Coke. Right, right, Diet Coke. I haven't tasted that in decades. I forgot the name already because that uh, zero tastes, to my mind, much better. But I saw that's the only Coca-Cola products that are kosher the Pesach. So I, I would have to ask Norm, Norm, what's the reality with the Yichud? But he raises a very valid, solid point here. Imagine you're giving a, a hechshir on a big restaurant and the balabas is in the kitchen alone and you want to see what he's doing in the kitchen and you walk in and you close the door behind you. 
All right, if the door's not locked, then you maybe can find the head. But what about if he locks the door? He doesn't want people to see how he's preparing the food, etc., etc. You have yichud, okay? And Rabbi Nasha Klein raises this problem, and he says, "The yimkain b'mitziyot e efsha liisha liyot mashkicha." That once the man will know that the woman cannot come in, that the woman cannot be mitjacheted, then the whole hashkacha is worthless. And he says in the old country, Lo Shamanu, Velodainu, Lo Biyarapa, Lifneha Milchama, before World War Two, Loacharecha Milchama, and not in the Holy Land today. The only place and the only people, the only Jews who have women giving hashkacha chutz meharafama sherotzim? Listen to these words: sherotzim chashvachalila lafok hakaral piha velasot minashim anashim. Wow! I have to say, lasot mi nashim anashim. He's right up to date. Look what's happening in. Givat Shmuel with that youngster in school. That girl became a boy. Am I right? It was a girl who became a boy. But what a shocking story. Raising children that you can decide whether you're a boy or a girl. Wow. On that level he hits the nail on the head. But the question resonates. He's raising a very valid issue. Can a woman give hashkacha if she will be involved with the shiler of yichud? If the man will know, the balabas will know, she can't follow me here. All right, there's one other issue he raises that becomes the main issue, I would say, as you will see next week with Reb Meisha and the Rabnit in Israel. And this issue, I fascinating. On one level, I understand it. On another level, I uh, question it. I'll explain myself in a second. Let me end off the class one more sauce. Natan, do you know how much ink has been spilled on this Rambam about to quote to you in modern times? In the state of Israel alone, I would say 10,000 pages have touched upon it. Golda Meir. You've heard the name? Prime Minister of Israel? Is she allowed to be Prime Minister? Miri Regovic, Minister of Transportation. Allowed? Aguda. 
Hadalim. We're all sitting in the government with her. Rambam, Hilchat Mulachim, Perik Aleph, Halacha Hey. Ein mamidim misha b'malchut shenemar melech v'lo malka. Yomo, can a woman be a king? What do you say? Absolutely not. A woman cannot be a king. Melech v'lo malka. Torah says shemalech melech. You can appoint the king. Melech v'lo Malka, this is a shifri to Pashat Shoftim. Okay. Beautiful. Melech v'lo Malka. But the Rambam goes further. V'chein kol mesimot shebi Yisrael ein mamalim bechem ela ish. Any important appointment, we only appoint a man, not a woman. We are touching upon a problem known by its rubric. What is the rubric? Sarara. Sarara. Royalty importance, how would you translate it? Uh, dignity, honor, sarara, melech natan, where did the Rambam get v'chein kol mesimot b'Yisrael ein memanim ehem ela ish. And this opens up the entire question of the rabbinate. Part of the tremendous machloket women rabbis, I have my own reasons why, but a lot of rabbonim put in the word sarara. I don't know what that means, sarara. I was in the rabbinate. I would say the rabbinate is the furthest concept from Sarara. You just saw Rabbi Nasha Klein afraid to answer directly to the question who asked him to the person who asked him the question so he shouldn't get involved in a crossfire with the Rabnit in Baltimore. You saw Rabbi Nasha Klein with the question about the rabbi in Harbor Island where he's afraid doesn't want to talk about Europe, the rabbi doesn't want to make a machlaikis. The balabatim, the rabbi. Charlie Liebman, Professor Liebman, don't forget, he became famous off that article. I'm telling this is the absolute fact. It appeared in Judaism in 63, and that put Charlie on the front burner. It was a sociological analysis of Orthodox Judaism at that moment in time in the United States. It's a brilliant article. I have copies in my office. Anyone wants, you're welcome to it. And you talk about the rabbinate. Case study attached, young rabbi. I can tell you the young rabbi's name, Aaron Rothkoff. Re-elected to the rabbinate in Lower Marion Synagogue by a vote of nine to seven on the board of trustees. 
my, that Sarara where you're re-elected? It could be if Queen of England, King of England. That's Sarara. Everyone curtsies and bows to you and, and they're all type of formalities. Could be, could be. A shechalak make fodol lebas of But where do you draw the line, Sarara? President of Ishul? I don't know. Prime Minister of the State of Israel? We have to count up. Is he doing better than Rothkopf or not? Rothkopf was 9-7 to seven in his favor. How does Israel divide regarding Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu? Is he doing better than 9-7? to seven? I doubt it. I think we're both in the same camp. He may be worse, 8-7. to seven. Sarara, being a mashkiach, is that Sarara? What are we talking about here? I don't know. I, I have difficulty understanding it in terms of Sarara. Sovereignty, uh, importance, dignity. But Rabbi Nasha Klein, and you'll see with Rabbi Masha, this comes up the real problem. Women rabbis, Sarara, women presidents, pre- can a woman be a president of a shoe? You know how many times this question has been asked in modern times? And unfortunately, it's women who care about the shoes, women who build the shoes. I know from my own experience in the rabbinate. I know they quote a Hasidic Rebbe that wherever he went there were two women with him, Gabayistas. So they said, Rebbe, I don't know if it's anecdotal or true, but the moral is absolutely true. Rebbe, in Europe you went with Gabayistas, with Gabayistas. And the Rebbe, yeah, in Europe the men did the work. Here in America, it's the women who run the show, run the show, keep it going. Can a woman be a gabista? Sarara, president of Yeshua. How much has been, been written about this? By the way, the Rav, as far as I remember, was asked the question. He said there's no question that a woman can be a secretary or treasurer. He said, the question is only above, vice president or president. I know that a certain young Israel, there was something years ago, not that many years ago, they elected a woman president, and there was a whole to-do in the young Israel movement uh, if you're allowed to have a woman president of the shul. But here this question comes up, can she be a mashkicha and... Forget about the question, Nemanod. Forget about the question of Tircha. Forget about the question of Yichod. But Sarara. And that becomes a key issue. And Be'ezrat Hashem will see next week what Moshe comes up with. And I'll show it to you on the contemporary Israeli scene as well. But I have to be honest, my own thinking, I don't, I don't see any problem of Sarara, but I don't see a problem of Sarara 
not with a rabbi and not with a shoe president. If anyone, Vic, were you ever shoe president? I want to know if they stood up for you when you walked in. Shoe president, oh. Sometimes for a rabbi, they stand up, all right. They give him, they give him a perfunctory uh, cover, but with a shoe president. Oh my gosh, what I have seen politics and shoes and rabbis. And I, and, I, and I have news for you. Even when a rabbi is there so many years, I, I don't want to mention the community. I was once in a big community, far from here. And there was a rabbi, there was Scotland residence. The rabbi had been there many years, but he was older. He's no longer alive. He's my age. He would have been my age today if he was alive. He was a Heimbelin boy. But yeshiva, we, it was a small Torah community in New York. We knew each other. I knew him from where yeah, I was. Why you? He was Heimbelin. We knew each other then. So I remember, um, uh, I'm listening to the Balabatna, and boy, are they butchering the rabbi's not active, and he's not doing that. The kids, the teenagers, I couldn't believe my ears. The man is there 40 years. He's in his, at the time, in his late 60s already. Koach is more limited. Get an assistant, but don't butcher against the rabbi. But I wouldn't call that Sarara. But all right, that's the Rambam and much ink has been spilled. Where did the Rambam get that from? How did he was able to expand it way beyond just king and queen and every appointment? Even the, you'll see Achronim say, even if appointed to be tax collector, even appointed to face to read the meters on water, Srara, wow, Mashkicha, Srara. I have difficulty understanding what the Svara says means because he can say kosher, treif. That's like a kitchen. It's our kitchen. She's in charge. But you'll see. Big issue. And we'll see how Reb Meisha solves it, although Reb Menashe Klein doesn't accept it. All right. First of all, I want to thank everyone who showed up in person. It's Animadala uh, Kadesh Baruch You make me feel great. Secondly, I want to thank all those looking at me on the screen, wonderful, wonderful Torah people who want knowledge and make the effort to attain it. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Once again, I want to mention that the first two volumes of the Kafararo were reprinted. And if anyone's interested in having them, I'll be happy to make it available. Uh, again, for those in the States, uh, it'll reach the States shortly, and uh, you have to contact uh, I, uh, Yomo. What's the email? I, uh, I think it's dot. Well, how does it go? Or a rakefid at how does my email go at email at gmail dot com? I think it's I think it's you know something. I can look in here. It has a mistake. The, the, here, one second. Rakefit books at gmail dot com. books at gmail dot com. The mistake is they put a hyphen in and the system doesn't accept it, is what I was told. So they're putting a sticker over the ones reaching America, uh, had, had Rakefit books, 
dot com. Okay, uh, rakevitbooks gmail dot com. Until I master it, I'll. Uh, I think my grandchildren can do a better job than I can. Uh, in uh, gentlemen, tomorrow morning we return to Yeshiva Chachmei Lublin. Uh, it's uh, it's fascinating lectures on Yachal, but very depressing because no one did more and lasted shorter, winds up in the hands of the Gestapo, than Rav Meir Shapiro said. And when you think, had he only done it in Palestine, it'd be a flourishing institute today. But it's, you know, if it's the biggest word in the dictionary and you can't uh, be anachronistic. At that time, his students were in Poland, not in Palestine. Okay, Yomo, can you open it to the world? Anyone know how to do it? Ah, Baruch Hashem. Natan, we need you so badly. The Yankees, they have to rent a hospital for all their players. And and your namesake, Hank Bauer, I don't recall one time that he didn't play due to uh, illness or due to being sidetracked with, with some difficult muscle, a sprained muscle. Wow. I don't know. People are made weaker today. Well, maybe the ball players are really women, and they're weaker than men. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. Yes. People should be able to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there any questions from around the world? Rebbe, it was me in Chicago in the supermarket, not Mark Lick. Oh, I I got the Mark Lick uh, mixed up. Of course, it's you. It's Mark Weiner. How can Mark Lick get to Chicago? He's in Flatbush. He has enough problems there in Flatbush. <laughs> Sorry, you should. Oh, you couldn't correct me then because you were off. Okay, it's a slip of the tongue. A lulav and an etro, kiddush havdala, and the rav used to say. Remember what the rav used to say? Ich wollte gewen sein. Ich wollte gewen sein. I said, noch war. I wanted to see that you're still awake. So I made the mistake to see if anyone would correct me. All right, uh, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Do you have anything? No. This rabbi who corresponded with you, what's beautiful if he, is what he wrote there. I showed it to I told Rabbi Miller and I told uh, Rabbi Bednash that he thinks that we're as the, the most special kolal in the world studying responsible literature. He wants to visit and see. But I, I wish I could go back in time. Years ago, everyone in the kolal was interested. Today, they view this as a luxury, all right? But Baruch Hashem... At least we're putting responsible literature on the map. So that much uh, he will be impressed. But I still wonder where that shoe is, what the story is, because it's fascinating with the food, with the kiddish, and he declares, imagine, conservative, progressive, he writes them out of the map. It would be fascinating to know what the real story is, and where they're at today, 20 years later. That's what I would love to know. All right. Are there any other comments? Okay. In two we Rabbi, you were saying that the, um, the generations are getting weaker. As an example of this Katnu Adoros, I used to say in the Vesh Migdash, even the Behemoth had smicha. <laughs> even the Behemoth had smicha. 
all right, uh, have it your way. But uh, I never saw anything like with the ball players. You, 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 it's just unbelievable. The Yankees, a third of their starting lineup is in the hospital already. Where are we going to go from here? And the, the season hasn't even begun. Where are we going to go? My days, DiMaggio, Keller, Henrik, day after day, Rizzuto, Sternweiss. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Day after day, the pitching rotation, Rashi, I loved Rashi for obvious reasons, Lopat, Lopat, oh wow, Reynolds, Ali Reynolds, the, the super chief, wow, what we had, and go and dream that Lou Boudreau, who knocked the heck out of the Yankees in 48, and took the Cleveland Indians to the pennant, was Jewish. Boy, the assimilation that we have in our world, it is so sad. Why we refer to Nides as Jewish or Blinken, I don't know. We have to say we only refer to Jews as Jewish when their spouses are Jewish and their children are Jewish. We have to make a statement. And you see, this is where I, I, I have difficulty with those uh, you know, with the outreach, with, with, with the Psak of Tsoha, uh, that Halali Shabbos can work in the wine industry. There's one thing a heter at the Shabbos table for your long-lost cousin who's a Mahalal Shabbos and she touched the wine. Drink it, gesund hate. But we have to be nice to everyone, but we have to make a statement. You're a wonderful person, you're an ethical person, you're an upright person, but you're not a proper Jew. There are ten commandments, five by Adam Lechavero and five by Adam Lemakom. You have to get to all ten, not be satisfied with only five. And all right, this is uh, where we have to go. And boy, you bring me back to my childhood Lou Boudreau was Jewish. Hard to believe, hard to believe. Ralph Branca. I remember when the news broke. You don't even know Ralph Branca. That was Thompson hit the home run off him, 51, to give the Giants the pennant. <coughs> and the next day there was a picture in the Daily's News of Ralph Branca crying on his priest's shoulder. 15, uh, 50 years later, front page of the New York Times, Ralph Branca was Jewish. Wow, and they interviewed him. And he said, yeah, I've been to a Seder. You know, he was Jewish. You know the story. His mother was a Hungarian Jew from a from home, one of many children, came to America, and she writes to her parents in Hungary, would you be upset if I married a good Italian man who was Catholic? And she was living in America, and an immigrant, the parents were worried, who will support her, Panassa, and they gave her permission to marry an Italian man. And it was a very happy marriage. They had a flock of children, went to church. They say she was more from than the husband with the church and all that went with it. And Ralph Branca was Jewish. Boy, do we have a challenge of outreach. Yomo, arrange a big meal 
will give a public lecture. Anyone who comes has a sudik, Shlomo HaMelech B'Shaito, catered by the King David. Anyone coming to hear that dummy Rakefet speak, afterwards the big meal. I do we have to work in outreach. Ah, my dear, dear students, until we meet again, forget about Valfranca, forget about Lubidro, but don't forget about Melech Velo Malka. Yes, Mark? Uh, somebody else. Who else? David, David Vogel on Tel Aviv Beach. I see people running in back of you. Uh, I, I can't, no wonder you're sitting there with the dark glasses and naked women were just running in back of you and I, wow, what, what, what the Jews from London can do, no one else can do. Baruch Hashem. By the way, I want to ask you, we read all these uh, stories, that there's someone walking half naked right behind you now, right, right at the water. There's a guy dressed, he looks like a frimmer guy already, his head is covered. Uh, David, I want to ask you a question. Stanford Hill, we're reading every day, they're drawing swastikas, beating up people, is it really that bad, the anti-Semitism? In I don't think so. I want to ask you if you read my email about the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Yeah, w- w- which email? What are we talking about? I you an email about seeing the Rebbe in 1991 and what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, tell, me, tell me what you're referring to. Very quickly, uh, I went there on the 7th of July 1991 and I, the Rebbe gave me $2.00. And instead of saying Brocha Vatslach, they said Muzzle and Brocha. I was told someone's going to leave, it must have been my birthday. I said, yeah, 7th of July was my birthday. Had to be, no, your Hebrew birthday, and I realized I was 38. Wow. He was saying Muzzle. Okay. okay, but one second. How does this deal with Stamford Hill and the anti-Semitism? Nothing, I don't know. I, I live here now. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. I, I'm happy to hear that. I know you live here, but you have two daughters yet in, in, in Great Britain. In, uh, and my hundred-year-old father. And your hundred-year-old father, you have responsibility. All right, God give, you, God give you strength, and the next time you go back, I challenge you to walk in Stanford Hill with the kippah on your head, and let's see what happens. But you better have bodyguards nearby, according to what I'm, the news reading says. I've always wanted to keep up, never had a problem. Never had a problem. Okay, it could be, you, you, these are isolated problems, but wow, Stanford Hill, gold no, is green. Uh-huh. All right, anyway, uh, this is the first that I have a time with listening to me on the beach of Tel Aviv. And they're not demonstrating. Tel Aviv is letting you walk around in peace. Until we meet... Just what? Until, until Thursday, then it's all that happens again. Oh, Thursday it happens again. Then you're going to be back near the Shrine. We're locked in. You live near me. We're yeah, both mebedeling yeah. in dread. All right. Until we meet again in health and happiness tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. B'ezrat Hashem. We should only have the Tovat Yeshua Tvenechamat. Thank you so Thank you. much.